0: Welcome to the nitty-gritty. Man, we have a fun episode. Big time.
1: We're, we are on the map.
0: We're on the map. We've had some pretty big big names, but I mean, to have a... I mean, he's the current lieutenant governor and just basically won the general election because in Utah, the Republican primary is pretty much the general election, right? Hopefully, I didn't jinx it. But. It's
1: like the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> that's the real like championship
0: that, i did like that <laughs> analogy so if you haven't figured out already we had lieutenant governor spencer cox yep on the podcast today we are right on his way home to the uh, quaint little town of fairview which he commutes to every day 200 miles round trip round every trip. day yep 200 miles listen if i had a farm
1: where no other people lived I'd, I'd drive that far to work See, I would, day. and I told him, I called him crazy to his face. I think yeah. <laughs> he's crazy for making that drive. I could never do it. I, just I mean, could. it just goes to show how much he loves where he lives, and I mean... Well, and how much he loves what he's doing, the fact that he's willing to do it, you know, both sides <sighs> of it. For sure. I mean,
0: I knew, I, I've been a big fan. I I can say that I've known him for a while, but I learned a lot about him today that I didn't know. I, I didn't really know the whole political... Uh, timetable. Yeah. Like I had no idea it was so city quick. councilman, mayor, county commissioner, state legislator for nine months for nine months. And then he gets a call from governor Herbert who he doesn't even know. Yeah. And is asked if he want, is interested in being the lieutenant governor.
1: My favorite thing. He, nothing about that interview felt like a politician. Oh, no. Like, he was super open. He answered all... He had fun. Like, he is He is not what you would envision a politician is. Well, and he really is a
0: politician. I mean, he, you know, he talked about career politics, right? And it's funny. I feel like almost every single title he's had was kind of like, hey, we need this person. Mm-hmm. Would you fill the role? Yeah. And it just kind of went from there. I mean studied law at uva right is that what he said virginia university of virginia
1: just back east i don't know if i ever
0: i know it was virginia i mean we oh he said in virginia not uva necessarily um but yeah i mean they they asked him to be on the city council because they had a bunch of legal stuff that they couldn't (laughs) afford to do and he was a lawyer owned his own business and that's kind of where it all started. But you know, lover of history. Anyway, his his backstory is awesome, and he's not in politics because that's what he really aspired to do. He just wanted to make a difference, and it started small. And, and he's done
1: it differently the whole way, even yep. this last campaign. Like you will really enjoy him. Well, yeah. I think hopefully he's what people call kind of already.
0: You know, or they assumed they that he was. For, yeah. And, and that's the thing I've been telling people for this last year is. He made fun of us for not having him on before the election. Yeah. Uh, when it well, probably could have helped. His campaign manager did. <laughs> and he was right. You know, what's funny is his campaign manager is Austin Cox. No relation though. Oh, really? Same last name, but no relation. But he's just like, when I text him to see if Spence would come on. Uh, Spence. I've no, But I've known him for a while, right? <laughs> you'll You'll see what I'm talking about here in a few minutes with that little inside joke. Just keep listening. But oh, man. But that was the first thing I noticed was the first time we kind of interacted on Twitter, how just accessible and cool he was. And then I met him at kind of an open house that we helped host because we were, you know, obviously donors to the campaign and and kind of believed in what he was doing. And um, that was the first time I met him in person, and he was exactly what he is today. He's just he's sharp. But there's just a kind of an empathetic, authentic way about him.
1: And he's a huge jazz fan. <laughs> Which and we didn't even get to talk about it. Well, and
0: man, like he ran a campaign during a pandemic, during, you know... Presidential election of, year. Presidential election year, during a lot of this, you know, the George Floyd stuff that's been happening, commuting 200 it. miles. Like, I mean, what a stressful thing. And, and he was going against a powerhouse politician in... Governor Huntsman, yeah, and so I think it says a whole lot about the man, the family behind the man,
1: and how and what kind of leader of the state wants. And hopefully, you get to know him by checking out the podcast because that was kind of the whole purpose of it was to get to know him, right? Right.
0: And I feel like we did a good job first hour or so. We did get a little bit into the coronavirus stuff, which we have to talk about, right? Everyone's going to be interested in it, absolutely. And he's right there, front and
1: center. So and we didn't think hide you'll any- love it, and he didn't hide any anything. Nope. Like, he didn't hide behind canned statements or. We're not going to have to edit a thing here.
0: He didn't, like, sit back and think about answers. He had nobody with him. Yep. There's no, like, advisor or even security or anything. He just rolled up with his top button unbuttoned, his tie loosened a little bit. And a mask on. He had his mask on, which we all should be doing right now. I am on the team officially. Your team mask? I mean, I've had to be on the team in the restaurant, but outside I've been really bad at it. But. I am now on the team, and right. I think we should all be on the team so we can have football. That's a great argument. We want football. I want basketball and football. And we want our kids to go back to school, right, right moms? <laughs> yeah. And get those little you-know-whats out of there. So Have fun with this episode. The end. Just listen to the whole, the, the, the mic drop moment at the end. I can't wait for you guys to We're watch. getting really good at long episodes. That wasn't that long. We're not Joe Rogan long. What was it, thir- Hour 30? Hour 40. If I keep talking, an hour 60, (laughs) which would be two hours to the layman. So, anyway,
1: yeah, we hope you love it. Welcome, Mitty Gritty. We have the one and only current Lieutenant Governor Cox
2: with us. It's true. There's there's only one Lieutenant Governor (laughs) in the state. And as of future governor,
1: as of two days ago, our future governor. Congratulations Don't on the
2: victory. It. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cam Cam always says I'm his favorite lieutenant governor, but he says that to all the lieutenant governors, I think. I've Seth.
0: never spoken to a lieutenant governor <laughs> ever. I've never had a sign in my yard until your sign. I've never been invested in a in an election like I have on this one, well, thank you. Ken. I'm a
2: fan. I well, no, look, I, you know, I'm I'm a bigger fan, mostly because I like to eat, but also you're a great guy. <laughs> I was well, I was a fan of the establishment before I knew you, uh, but uh, I think you made the difference. It was a close race, hey, and uh, that listen. sign in your yard was that was seven thousand votes
0: Listen, if you want some slightly overweight middle aged men, and you, I'm your guy. <laughs>
2: hey, that's that's my. And our podcast is our podcast. not
0: overweight women. No, just nice, just women, powerful, right? Yeah, Utah yeah. women.
2: Yeah. So the question is, why are we doing this after the primary? Yeah. Election? So like, where were you guys yeah, like that's a month a funny ago? Story they needed you. So
0: your campaign manager, Austin. When I text him, it was literally the day before election day, and that was the first thing he said: "Is like, oh, I'm sure he'd love to do it, but we should have done this like a week ago." <laughs> I'm like I'm an idiot, and I mean I had been telling these guys Andrew and Brent for a while. Like I'm gonna reach out to Austin and Spencer. Like we'll get them on here, and I just no, you know, it, I procrastinate everything. But
2: no, it worked out great. You didn't no, this need This is me. awesome.
1: We'll no. save it. We'll save. Now it. Now we forever. get the first victory lap.
0: See, and it worked out good that way, right? I mean, Austin texted me that today. Like this is kind of cool. This will be the first time you sat down with somebody since winning the primary. Yeah, so yeah.
2: This is it. This st- is the the first one. So we're stoked
0: that we're on your way home. Thank you. Today.
2: It worked. It worked out well for me too. <laughs> <laughs> for those
0: that don't know, you live in Fairview. I do right, yeah, yeah. Which is another hour south, right
2: of here. I'm about halfway home, so uh, I mean, not quite halfway.
0: See, I wouldn't move if I lived in Fairview
2: though either. Well that's the thing. You've been would, people, it's worth the drive. People say I'm crazy no. and until they come and and then they see where I live. Oh and then they're like, oh, I get it now. Go that snowmobiling
0: up there one time and
1: it's over. And that's it, I still so. think
2: you're crazy. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Andrew.
1: That's so far to
2: drive. <laughs> but have you been snowmobiling up there? Nope. It's beautiful. Okay, well we need to take you. I've never been
1: on a
0: snowmobile. Oh wow. I don't know if you want to start that. It's too much work. That- <laughs> <laughs> it's fun until you get stuck, which is like eight minutes uh, between. Well,
1: I mean, Th- that's why I've never gone because my friends that go, the only thing they talk about is how much time they spent digging out. It, it's nonsense. And I was like, no, well, you need to pass. go with
2: me then. I, I need to take you. The problem is they buy sleds that uh, that are a little too powerful, and right. they're not sure what they should be doing with yeah. them. So, but no, my my uncle's a Polaris dealer in Fairview, and R- we live. That's th- a busy shop. We're in Fairview. You know, I live right in the mouth of Fairview Canyon, so it's ten minutes to the top to the best snowmobiling in the world, and it's yeah, wow. it's, it's pretty great. Very, very it's cool. Great. So, but I am
0: crazy. <laughs> <sighs> well, the number one lie law, wa- law I want changed. There we go. <laughs> affects you. Affects you since you commute so much. Yeah. I think it's very important. Oh. We need to make driving slow it? in the left lane a law.
2: Oh, I'm I'm all over that. We it's should, ridiculous. And, and like not just a law, but like maybe punishable by like jail death? time. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is so bad
2: because of cell phones. Anyway, it it, it, it is it sense. is bad. And in it's some crap. states, that is a law. Yeah, can pull people over for now.
0: Driving too slow in the left lane. So yeah, I say it jokingly, but. It's kind of serious. Too. I don't know if this
2: will cost me the election, but <laughs> no, I'm, I think I'm with people you. agree with me. Okay, good.
0: Educated good. people will agree yeah, with me. I'm, I'm all anybody at... that drives every day has to know in Utah. Well, we have a problem driving the speed limit. First of all, meaning on the underside of the speed limit,
1: well, we drive be- slow here. Well, it's because you can't let someone pass you because that means they're better than you, <laughs> and
0: that is true here. I know no it's no one lets you merge. It is a weird place like I won't use my blinker because I have to trick the person behind me because they'll speed up if I turn my blinker on. Only
1: mm. in Utah, they're like, nope, you can't get in front of me. Oh man,
2: we're gonna start a, it, <laughs> a rant. I, I shouldn't have written that up. I'm not gonna denigrate Utah drivers. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, not not good for my election hopes. But uh, th- there is, we always hear like, oh, we're you know we have the worst drivers in the country. Uh, but the the, uh, the the data actually shows that that is not true. Right, that, that we actually have some of the best drivers in the country. But if you want to see slow drivers, come down to Fairview. Oh. Between, between Fairview and Mount Pleasant, I don't know what it is. It's aging population. It's it that single lane road. It, well, that's part of it. But everyone, it, well, it, but everyone it, the speed limit sixty five, right? And we drive fifty just to be, just to be safe. We just got to make sure it's
0: we're either going. an old person or someone on a cell phone. Yeah, I, or a tractor. So when I went, or tractor. See, a tractor has a good excuse. I right? passed
1: many people on that road. <laughs> oh,
0: really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that's scary. Not All great. right. Well, I got that. I got. am glad we got system. it out. System. Okay. So, we got going. I want that named after me if it ever happens. <laughs> that, I need to start. Get, I need to get a study done. Isn't that how you get a law change? You got to get somebody to come and do a, a, do study, a study first? Yeah. The, okay. I'll start putting funding together for that. After the bam-bam's left-hand
2: yeah. lane. Bam, yeah. yeah.
0: Something like that. Bam-bam, left-hand, no man's land or something like that. Okay. We're Stay moving out. On. We're moving on.
1: All right. I guess we
0: can talk about important things.
1: So, Spence, you are... Third generation of you just view? called the lieutenant Spencer? governor Spence. You by can the way. I, call me I Spencer. Didn't say
2: Spence. Did I? You can call me Spence. <laughs> did too. I really say Spence? No, look, I, I've been called far worse. Uh, just today I, on I Facebook, that. it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I apologize. <laughs> you can call me Spence. It's fine. That's uh, awesome. So uh, I'm sixth generation. Six? Uh, Fairview, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. We were there from the beginning. My, uh, my great-great-great-grandfather was uh, one of the originals, and we're still on the farm. Um, what kind right of there. farming do you do? So it was a dairy farm. Uh, my dad sold the cows when I was a kid, and uh, it's, it's about 150 acres, and it's mostly alfalfa right okay. now. We, we do some... Um, some grains, but but almost all alfalfa that we sell to local uh, horse people and and uh, cattle people. So most of the siblings stay around and farm as well. So yeah, um, we uh, most of the siblings are still there. There are eight of us. Um, a couple of them live on the Wasatch front, but the rest of us are around. And now it's our kids that we you know are cursing our names uh, like like we cursed like I cursed my dad. So yeah, my kids were up moving pipe early this morning, and we still have some Ooh. hand lines. Uh, we we have. Ooh. About half hand lines, half wheel lines. No pivots. These uh, oh. pivots are for wimps. Uh, but uh, it's, actually, we just can't afford them. Uh, but but yeah, so it's it's good for the kids. It is. My 13 year old daughter was really angry this morning when she got up, and that's okay.
1: Good are they are they ugh. planning on staying there and
2: farming as well? My kids? Yeah. No, none Not of us now. are planning on it. I, I mean, I wasn't planning on. it. I could yeah. wait to get out of there. I mean, my wife's from Mount Pleasant. She grew up on uh, a 500 acre ranch there, uh, and we went to high school together. We swore we would uh, leave and never come back. And uh, you know, we had three boys and a girl on the way, and uh, decided we needed to go back. So it's it's funny how you're priorities change you know as you get a little older and what matters to you like i hated that farm and i small towns and and then it's just yeah i wanted my kids to have those same experiences
1: and see they'll change the same way well maybe maybe, because like (laughs) no they will well well, well, because our in-laws right father-in-law is a farmer no kids that's true
2: right everyone's gone every bankers yeah yeah Yeah. everyone left bankers (laughs) yeah (laughs) smart no hair that's it (laughs) Right. Be careful. No, listen. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> I don't have any. Either. I know. I know.
0: It's a great look. But it, it's funny how you just mentioned two, the three like most horrible things I ever did for work. You just mentioned two of them. Okay. the wor- The worst one was bailing, or not bailing. That's number two. Docking sheep.
2: Oh well, we do that too. So my oh, so my mom oh. and and my uncles they um their sheep. People. I mean, right. so they've got a, my uncle's running about 2,000 head of sheep oh. right now. And so uh, I, I would go dock lambs all oh. the time. And my wife's family, too. It's so. always hot. And always I'm the big hot. guy, so I always had to hold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, get under their hind <laughs> legs, hold
0: their front legs down, yeah. feel the veins get ripped out, then the tar. It, it's,
2: it was the worst.
0: Number two was hauling hay. Yeah. Right out of the field, Allergy Central.
2: So I, I have oh. I have terrible hay fever. You right, know, it's same here. People don't understand our pain. It's the hives. Yeah, and and, and the there's heat nothing you can take for it. Not no, for that. I mean, it no. Just, no. Not when you're, you're right like in the brutal. fresh cut it.
0: stuff. You know, it's been cut for a few days, right? Yeah. Usually, and it gets down. You know, you wear long sleeves, long pants, but it still gets down your shirt, and you're sweaty, and <laughs> Anyways, number three Hayward. irrigation. Yeah. So we Hand had ten, only ten acres in Heber. No, we did. Fl- it was flood. Flood for okay, me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was standing down in the you know taking your water turn right, yeah, in the ditch, writing yep. down in the ditch, standing on my little plastic yep. you know dam, waiting for it to fill up so it wouldn't you know yeah run out. I was I grew up in Huntington Beach, California, right. <laughs> so when I was 12, 13 years old, moved to Heber, and two months later, I'm flood irrigating at 4 a.m. <laughs> with snow melt i hated my family oh man of course you did but, but now but i look, want it back
2: that's the thing and, and it again it taught you important lessons absolutely. that
0: have served you well throughout your life so absolutely right and it's such a cool experience to have and now i would love to have a property to irrigate but yeah i'd still put sprinklers on it somehow <laughs> i wouldn't stand in the ditch anymore
1: anyway so you guys left. Where'd you guys go?
2: So uh, we went to um, we went to Snow College. So we really got far away. Yeah,
1: we uh, <laughs> really ventured far. We
2: did. We did. Hey, it's it's you know it's another school district away. Uh, and uh, we uh, and, then, and then we went to uh, to Utah State. Um, so we're uh, okay. my wife and I are both Aggies, and that's then, a safe, it's
0: a safe school to. to
2: can, like, can I like, tell a quick story about of that? Of course. Well, so first of all, um, I grew up major byu fan like that's really oh yeah yeah i was the uh you know go to games paint you know my my whole you know we were all painted in blue and white and 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 obnoxious Interesting. and that that was my whole life and uh i got back from my mission and uh proposed to my wife and said this will be great and she said yes and i'm like great we'll go to byu and she said uh, you know i'll marry you but i'll be in logan and uh <laughs> i went home and i'm like told my dad i'm like i think i'm an aggie now <laughs> and so uh but by the way it was awesome i'm 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 I love Utah State. Best thing that ever happened to me, and but but here's the story about that. So we were at a Utah State game. I think it was last year. It was uh, they were I can't remember who they're playing. It was homecoming. Um, but uh, Donovan Mitchell came up, and That's right. uh, Royce O'Neal and, yeah. and George and Yang were there, and we were on the sidelines with them, and the, it was really cool. They got them custom jerseys and everything, and they were hanging out with with people and. And the, the media person for, for Utah State came up and said, hey, can we just get uh, a video of you guys saying go Aggies? And Donovan's like, nah, you know, I don't want to offend people, other teams in the state. You know, we're, we're fans of all the teams. Right. And I just said, Donovan, listen, you're fine. Like you can't go to BYU and say go Cougars or go to the U- and say go Utes. People will hate you. Right. But if you say go Aggies, everybody's like, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's not, it's not a problem. You're it's fine. A perfect story. <laughs> and, it, and so they did it, and and they did. So y- you're is right. So yeah, we're we're fine. Nobody <laughs> I ever. Gets I remember w- that video. No, yeah.
0: Oh, I was gonna say you two. Once we get you guys talk about the jazz.
2: Well, let's. It's we coming. Could, right. We could talk that. But uh, but so went to Utah State and then um, went to law school back in Virginia. Uh, had a chance to stay back on the east coast but decided to come home went to work for a big law firm in salt lake and uh, and and lived in uh fruit heights Kaysville. what right made you want border. to get into law i just knew um actually well it was the truth is my parents when i was eight years old took me back to washington dc and uh, my uncle lived back there and I just kind of became enamored with history and specifically with Thomas Jefferson, we went down to Monticello and his, his home and uh, it really had an impact on me it's weird but um, it, 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 he was an attorney you know I read everything I could about How Thomas old were Jefferson. you? I was a- Eight. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, <holy laughs> crap. So I, it's an eight-year-old. I, I'm a. I'm kind well, of. A
0: I have a feeling he's up. really smart. K, well, no, well, obviously. No, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like at eight, he was probably our like twelve or thirteen. <laughs>
1: Right? It's like my 25 <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's true he probably knew more about history he probably knows more about Jefferson than I do now <laughs> at 8 years old
2: <laughs> No, nah, it, it was I, I was just a weird kid I was really interested in, in kind of current events and stuff When I mean when I, my parents got a subscription to the newspaper um, the Daily Herald local local shout out the only newspaper we could get in fairview back then um when i was 12 i would get up at six o'clock in the morning and watch the news and read the newspaper every night. yeah i know i shouldn't admit this stuff that's awesome no it's not it's not it's not awesome but it's
0: not maybe it's not cool when you're a kid but (laughs) yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool story now, right? I guess, yeah, I mean you're,
1: you're about to be the governor my of parents, the state.
2: My parents still make fun of me, so there's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's that. They're just trying to keep you humble. Just that's wait it. until he goes to jail or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, they don't
2: make that, fun that, of that's you. It. Like,
0: hey,
1: son,
2: governor. I'll be over. Uh, so it, anyway, so went to law school in Virginia, then came back and, and and worked there, and then decided we wanted to go back and raise our kids back on the farm. So
1: you can't get much different East Coast law school, yeah, to Fairview.
2: Yeah. That's quite that's quite the swing. Have you read the uh, the book Hillbilly Elegy at all? You should read the book Hillbilly <laughs> Elegy. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. J- just trust I'm me really, on this one. I'm totally looking at. Right okay. So, well, well, let me let me tell you why you should read this. So, first of all, um, it will help you understand why Donald Trump got elected in the first place. So, in fact, he released the book before the election, and it did okay. And then the election happened, 2016, and it became a bestseller after that. They they actually called him the Trump Whisperer uh, because it's it's about a kid who grew up in Appalachia, uh, country Kentucky in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, he came from a, a pretty messed up family. Uh, he didn't know his dad. His mom was on drugs. He was raised by his grandparents and uh, he, he he goes to law school at Yale, um, and it, it's a it's an interesting from the holler to Yale yeah from the holler it's a fascinating discussion. But he talks about what was happening in these cities that were like the Rust Belt, um, you know, coal country, and uh, and the, the the way people felt, and and then Trump won, and and you know all these elites were trying to figure out how this happened, and they they read this book, and it suddenly made sense to a lot of people. But the the, the reason I just bring that up is yeah, East Coast versus Fairview. It is very different. One of the things I loved about going back home is that nobody cared about that. They didn't care that I was lieutenant governor. They didn't care that I, um, you know, that I, I went to law school. None of that mattered to them. I was still that kid. And that's what I wanted for for my kids. I, I wanted them to grow up, you know, not, not thinking any of those things and trying to shelter them a little bit from this yeah. life that can be... Um, Chaotic and and not healthy sometimes for people, and okay. it keeps me grounded. So that's why I stayed there after becoming lieutenant governor. It's why I drive 200 miles round trip every day, and it's uh, it's been a crazy six and a half years.
0: Well, so. and just hearing that story, I mean it. I think that's exactly it shaped you into exactly what I think the voters want. It's just kind of that blend of like you know the big city, the urban stuff. You know, you know, but ultimately you've got. You're a real breath of fresh air in politics. Um, I think that's what stood out to me. Well, the first thing that stood out was you immediately responded to me on Twitter one day. I was like, what? Whoa, honey, Lieutenant Governor just tweeted me back. (laughs) And I said the same thing. Isn't social media
2: awesome? It's awesome. I said the same thing. I'm like, Abby. (laughs) Whatever. No, I'm serious. I'm like, look, Cam just tweeted me back.
0: Oh, my gosh. No,
2: I'm not not making that up. You're talking about his meat magician. You can call and ask her. Are you serious? (laughs) I'm I'm dead serious. I'd love to get Abby on here. I think that would be really fun. Abby's a lot more fun than I am. I'm just tell you that right now. She's spicier.
0: I think that just watching the debate, you know, what was that? Two, three, three, four weeks ago, I guess. Now,
2: oh, which one? Yeah. The last one. The, the, the so last the, one. Yeah, before Yeah, the last lunch. one was uh, three weeks ago. Two weeks. Yeah. And it
0: really—I think the thing that stood out to me—and I—I wonder how many people feel the same. There was—you ne- never. Everyone was taking jabs at the current city and lieutenant governor, right? You know, you because you're that. in the arena, <laughs> right? Well, that's easy pickings, right? I was getting the—and it was so annoying to me. me. It's like. You know, I Andrew and I had a discussion about this and Brent just kind of like it's two great candidates, right? Huntsman, great track record. Yep. I would be bummed that you lost, but I think that would be because I know you a little bit and I am a real fan. I really believe in what you do, but we'd be in gr- I still think we'd be in good hands, right? Agreed. But ultimately I think people notice that you just you just expressed your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, your plans, and you never mentioned anything negative about anything else.
1: That's been your calling
2: card,
0: right? And that is so... Yeah. Such a an extinct thing now, I think, in politics.
2: So... Uh, people, and that
0: has to come from your small-town background, I guess is what I'm getting I, at.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think... so, So part of it is... That's really why we ran. Um, People ask all the time, you know, why do you run? And I, you know, I can say all the things. I want to make the state a better place. I believe that our plans are better than anybody else's. And and I do. I believe all of those things. But they also had great plans. And I learned some stuff and I'm going to steal some stuff from them. I mean, it's that's the way it works. That's, you know, it's, it's a competition of ideas, or at least it should be. But from the time I was eight years old and looking at this stuff, I've just been so saddened by what's happened in our country as we've become more polarized and and uh, it's become this competition to tear people down instead of a competition of ideas. And we, Abby and I, I mean, we had this discussion all the time. Um, it was, you know, the governor had asked us, you should, told us you should run. We want you to run. We think you'd be great. And we really didn't want to. We didn't need this. You know, we f- far out kicked our coverage. <laughs> I, you know, being <laughs> lieutenant governor, this was never a plan. Never in the cards. Never even wanted that. Uh, I mean, I was happy. I was really excited to serve in the legislature. That that was a big deal. And and getting elected there was a big deal. But that was it for me. Uh, and and so the the reason we decided to run was because we wanted to prove that you could do it differently. And we wanted to run on running po- we wanted to make campaigning an issue which is weird usually there's issues that re- become a part of the campaign but we wanted to make the way we campaign an issue and our hope was uh the political industrial complex is so corrupt it's it, you know it's it's all these people who make a lot of money convincing people who can't win to run <laughs> often um, they 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 you know they have their polling and they what they do is they copy whatever won the last time that's what they do. So somebody runs a negative campaign and wins, and it's like, oh, that's how you win now. You have to run negative campaigns. And so we wanted to prove that it could be done differently. First of all, because that's who we are, and it's true to us. And um, all of that being said, I can't tell you how hard it was in those debates not to... not, <laughs> not I, to, I
0: can't even imagine. I would have told totally you well, you left right in the middle of your term. <laughs> yeah. You left right in the middle of your term. Hmm. What about that? Huh? Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. Uh, I, no, but I, so I'm a litigator. Like, you know, I went to law school. I practiced law. I litigated. And as a litigator, you have to be very quick on your feet. Um, you have to be able to come up with arguments right on the spot. And like debating, it's something I'm really good at. And and being able to, I, I had so many just cutting comebacks that would have, you know, just, (laughs) they they would have killed on Twitter. You know, they would have gone viral and people would have been sending the, watch this as he, you know, as he burns this, this person or he just, you know, we're having a funeral for that guy. uh, And, and it, but, but I just, it it, that, that wouldn't have helped. It just would have made it worse. And so every time I I wrote on the top of my, uh, on the top of every page, uh, I would take notes, you know, as I do, and, and I had pre-written just the word dad on the top of, of every page. Uh, and every time I wanted to do that, I would look at that word and remember, you know, that my kids were watching or what was happening. And, and then I dial it back and stay on message. So that's, that's it. And, and I'm, and we almost lost, <laughs> you know? but I'm glad we won. And my, my hope is that uh, that now we can say, you know, the people of Utah have once again rejected negative campaigning right. and that other people will remember that and, and try to copy us next time.
0: Well, and I think it says a lot that you, I mean, that was i I'm sure when you saw Huntsman was jumping, in, it was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, like that's a, I mean, that says a lot. I, I mean, beating the guy, I mean, he's got, I mean, you know, his, you know, his resume. Y- yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, he was a
2: great governor here. In fact, he sent his resume to all the voters <laughs> next to my resume. Um, <laughs> so it was, yeah, yeah, no, I, I.
0: But people don't care about that. You know, I don't think people, there's so much to politics that people want to feel connected to, especially at the state level and lower, Right. This is like that last safe haven of like at least in Utah. Yeah. We want to feel a connection. We want to feel like you know, our values here are being looked after and that as long as we're in Utah like we're safe. And I think people really do care about you know, I'm not going to sit down and bog myself down with reading about a legislative session or I mean I i look at the stuff I'm into, but it just always leads me down a wormhole and I get grumpy. That, that's the other thing I want to talk about is how you keep a smile on your face doing what you do. But it's ultimately people want to feel a
2: connection and a positive something right now. I think so. I, I really do. Right. I think people, and that was our philosophy going into it, was that people were hungry for that, that they they missed that, that right. uh, that that it would resonate with people in a, in a way. And, and let me be very clear, um, Ambassador, former Governor Huntsman is incredible I mean an amazing public servant what their family has done for the state of Utah uh, what what he's accomplished over his lifetime the years of service I can't imagine being an ambassador in places like China oh, and man. Russia and and he's built for that stuff like right. I, I couldn't do that you know right. I, I'm the first to admit it that he has a skill set that is very unique um, and uh, and I I believe that I have a skill set that is great for for this you know for bringing people together uh, for for helping the guide Utah, and and most importantly for getting out of the way and empowering the you know the entrepreneurs of the state, that's what's so cool about Utah is we made this mistake that um, the government is supposed to solve all of our problems, Um, and it was never designed to solve all of our problems. That I don't say say that as like a partisan Republican like government's bad. I say that just from a practical standpoint, like government. If you were to wanted to design something to solve our problems, you would not design what we have, which is <laughs> right. you know, uh, seventy-five members of the House, twenty-nine members of the Senate. They only meet forty-five days out of the year. Uh, it's you know, all these rules and regulations in place. It's just not. It's just not built for that. And so, um, so, so I, I I do believe I bring that to the table. And and but but it's nice that the people of utah had some great choices you know we're really lucky here right. uh, and when i look at other states and the caliber of some people that run it gets a little sketchy but but here we just had overly qualified people uh, you know i mean and and you mentioned the two but um uh, greg hughes and thomas wright uh really accomplished um and successful and uh thoughtful people who who ran and uh, so it, we knew it was going to be tough when, when ambassador huntsman got in yeah we when we were first deciding to run, that was not even on anybody's radar. I was going to say, no one saw you that had company. no idea. No. So how long ago was that, that you decided to run? So we started getting serious about it. Um, I would say it was around January of last year, so a year and a half ago. Um, and then we heard, I, I remember I remember where I was I was actually took my son back to Washington DC during spring break his spring break So that would have been like, uh, I want to say end of March of last year When we heard this rumor that that ambassador huntsman was considering coming back and running and I thought that's crazy That that can't be a thing. Why do you think he ran? I, Any clue? I I I can't answer. I mean, he said, you know, that that he just felt it was time to to come back, and I, I know that his wife really wanted to settle down. I'm sure it was rough on her to uh, having lived in Russia for those those years, and sure, all around, and so uh, wanting to to come back. Um, you know, politics is a weird thing. You kind of have to keep your name out there, or you're you're just done. You're right. gone if you want that, and uh, that's. Uh, so people have different motivations for different things. Um, we you know, we have a better life outside of politics. And I think that's one of the things, one of the problems that have happened in our country, this idea that politics has become a career for people. Right. Uh, it's why one of the things I loved about uh, George Washington was that concept of of going back to the farm, you know, leaving. That's always really resonated with me, right. um, that there's a time to be done. And, uh, and so we, um, y- you know, there was, A part of us that would have been really excited to lose, (laughs) to get our lives back and uh, to to kind of live a normal life again. That had
0: to help a little bit during the stressful campaign, just kind of knowing, you know, whatever, winning would be awesome. We can really put into practice what we've learned and what we want to accomplish, but...
2: We got the farm. Abby and I had that conversation almost every night. It right. was because when those attacks are coming and and you feel the stress and the pressure of the whole thing and you know a coronavirus on top of that and the pressures that came with and still are here with all of that, uh, it st- it stopped being fun like a long time ago. And 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 so whenever we would get in that like oh, uh, the world's kind of caving in, we would just remember it's a win-win for us. No matter what happens, we win, and, and that that really carried us through and, right. and got us to this point. But but we're winning's always it's
1: always better, for right? For, for sure. <laughs> so I want to step back just a little bit. So when you were obsessed with history, did that also mean you wanted to get into government, like? Like, I have to know, why would you get into government and politics? Like, I can't think of anything that I would rather do less. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it just, like, it's so not for me. And sure. so I'm really curious, like... I don't know, laying concrete for a living? There's other roofing?
2: <laughs> I, I've done a little of both of those. Yeah, they
1: both are But I'm really horrible. curious, like, what is Nothing it cheap. that... Because you kind of hit it from the outside looking in, you can see it, that a lot of people turn politics into a career. Yeah. As opposed to maybe another reason to get in and so you not planning to be a career politician not wanting to like why did you
2: like why would you put yourself through that voluntarily so um there's a couple reasons one we so when when we move back to fairview um one of the things i i love about my family uh is this kind of we we have a history of um that, that you have to give back to your community. It's really important. So I have cousins that are volunteer firefighters and EMTs and they do that kind of stuff. And I, I wasn't good at blood or fires. And so, um, the, but, but having a a legal background, um, and, uh, kind of, uh, I, I like to solve problems. That's, that's one of one of my things and again, just following, uh, I, I was a political science major, so I'm not going to say I wasn't interested in politics. Yeah. I was very interested in politics and, uh, and that combination I think drew me to, it. my dad was the mayor of our town when I was, uh, when I was eight years old Interesting. and, okay. uh, again, a little town though, everybody takes a turn. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of how it works. Um, but he was uh, he was also a county commissioner uh, after that so it's you know again it, it's kind of in our blood a little bit okay. And so I was always interested but I, I didn't I never envisioned myself at this level, like being the mayor of Fairview is very, very different than being a lieutenant governor or running for governor. And uh, when we moved back to Fairview, shortly after moving back, a good friend of mine who was on the city council came and said, hey, somebody just moved. We have a vacancy on the city council. We're gonna appoint someone and uh, we've talked about it and we really want you to apply. And uh, and I was flattered. I thought that would be fun, paid like a hundred dollars and uh and you know w- there were some big problems in our town at that point and and i w- said you know why do you, why do you think i'd be good and he said uh, you know we don't we just it's your turn we <laughs> can't take anybody else to do whatever. it whatever and uh <laughs> we don't. The, the, the one thing they did say is we have this huge legal problem and we can't afford an attorney and we were hoping if we appointed you you would do free legal work for us and <laughs> so that's that, a true story I mean that's how I got involved and so I was on the city council and then the mayor decided not to run it was like nine months later and, and uh, they asked me to run and, and I did and then, um, and then ran for the county commission and what, what I found at every stage was I really enjoyed it those were all part time you know I had my, my real right. job is running a telecommunications company um, and then, uh, and then doing that on the side and it just, it, it felt very gratifying to, to give back in a positive way and to feel like you were making a difference and solving some problems with the set, Um, my legal background that not many people had, uh, uh, there. And, and so I, I enjoyed that. And then, uh, we redistricted in 2012, um, and there was a Sampy County got a seat. We hadn't had a legislative seat, and my um, my fellow commissioners encouraged me to run for it, and I did. And and that was, I th- I thought like getting to the House of Representatives was. I and mean, that was it. Like, if I never did another thing in my life, that was just, as a kid from Fairview, that felt like a really, really big deal. And, and I was only there for nine months when um, our lieutenant governor resigned. And out of nowhere, and this is the thing I still don't get, Governor Herbert asked me to be the, the uh, lieutenant governor. It, it doesn't make any sense on paper. It doesn't make any sense if you know the governor. Not, not that he, I, I, I mean, it just that somebody he didn't know well, at all, um, that that he would pick someone like that—that's just not his style. Uh, and uh, and and so, I thought he was having a stroke. Um, <laughs> we we had to get that checked out, but uh, it, and that was a really hard decision for our family. In fact, I decided to tell him no, and I, I've told this story before. But um, I we knew we weren't going to leave, so it meant a two hundred mile round trip commute every day. Um, it was a huge cut in pay cause our company was really doing well and I was coaching my kids in football and basketball and baseball and uh, you know, that's I, and I just had the perfect life. I, I didn't want to give that up. And, um, so I decided to tell him no. And it was, it was Abby that, that changed the whole conversation. I told her, I said, Hey, I think I remember my, my daughter was walking up. She was six at the time. She just gotten off the bus with her giant backpack, walking up the lane to her farm. And I just kind of lost it. You know, I'm like, I can't miss this. And I said, I'm going to have to tell him no. And she's like, maybe we should think about this. And, um, and she said uh, she she was reading a biography on George Washington at the time, and, and she said, you know, uh, the problem we have today is we have too many politicians that really really want these jobs. She said maybe the fact that we don't want them means that we're supposed to do it in a weird way, and um, and so so that that got us. We we spent a little time thinking and went and talked to my parents and ultimately decided to say yes. And anyway, wow. so it's a long story, but that's that's the the rest. So you're is kind only of nine months history. into. I mean, state government. Nine months into state government. Yeah, I got elected. Started my term in January. Did one session, and then this was uh, this was September when he called me, and October when I. And got do you know why in. now? Yeah. Uh, so I had gotten to know Greg Bell, who was his lieutenant governor. Right. We had served, when I was a county commissioner, we had served on on this, uh, the governor's rural partnership board together. And I know that Gr- he was the one really pushing me to the, to the governor. The, they, his senior staff all submitted lists of people, and the governor went through and crossed people off, and he gave Greg the list back and had crossed me off. And he Greg went back to the governor and said, just, meet him once, just talk to him, just trust me, just at least have a conversation with him. And then, you know, I, I don't know the rest of that. I know the governor is very thoughtful. He, he's very, um, he cares deeply about these decisions and I know it took him a long time, uh, to, to make the decision, but, um, I, I still don't know exactly what happened.
1: When, when you first got to the state, was it different than you were expecting?
2: Uh, at the legislative level, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was exactly what I was expecting, and like a hundred times more of it. <laughs> it you, you, there's there's nothing that can prepare you for the the pace, the speed, and just the immensity of it. Uh, you know, it's forty five days, and you'll pass about five hundred bills in forty five days. That means you'll vote on you know seven hundred plus, uh, and 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 they don't meet on weekends so it's really like 32 days and just making decisions so quickly and trying to get through that you know reading every bill is one thing understanding what's in it is a, is another thing right i mean and that's again it's a messy system uh and and it uh it's why we make mistakes in fact most of the bills we pass are just fixing crap that we passed last year <laughs> because <laughs> we didn't understand the uh, all of the unintended consequences but but and i i don't mean that derogatorily it's it's awesome that it actually for works and we've sure. gotten this far
1: why is it i mean I don't know. Why do they only give you that amount of time? Like, why not take the whole year and work a little bit every month to give you time to read and process and do everything?
2: Because that would be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. So we have this debate every year. Um, there are lots of legislatures that are full time, um, and the 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 thing about lawmaking is you'll use all the time that you have. Parkinson's we, law. We guy. figure that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it, and uh, I I still believe that less government is more. Um, that the the fewer laws we pass, the better. I still think we pass way too many that are that are completely unnecessary, and everybody feels like they've got to do something, and so you know let's figure something out, which is unnecessary. Um, and but but not only that, one of the things I love about our legislature is that they're all part time. They have real jobs outside of this, and I think it helps keep them grounded. Right. It also gives them some expertise on some things. So you know we've got four doctors in the house I think Um, and uh, whenever there's a medical issue we can just turn to the four doctors that are I'd there. there are going to be a heart attack
0: once or twice. It, that, that's right. also true. I'm going to...
2: Someone's having a stroke in the hallway. I'm going to be <laughs> eating more of your barbecue and <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> get the paddles out and that's keep it right. going. Uh, but, uh, you know, or, or a school teacher or, um, you know, someone, a, a truck driver. And, and so the, when there's an issue that impacts that, these, these people have real life experience and...
1: They can speak to it better than anybody they else can. can.
2: And then they have to go back to the real world after they're done. Done and answer to people and that's uh, keeps you connected too. it does yeah so it, there are gives you know some give and take in, in both but yeah. I, I tend to like this this system better
0: huh. interesting. It's such a weird you know I look at just the city level. I mean what do you think about participation nowadays? You know, as far as getting involved with the city, I mean, do you think it's lower than it's ever been? Yeah.
2: So it's, it's, it's been lower than, than it's ever been for sure. Um, you know, we can just look at the voter turnout numbers. Um, and in the sixties and seventies, we had the highest voter turnout in the country. Right. And by the, by the time I came to office, we were bottom five and, uh, a lot of apathy, um, a lot of, you know, just uh, disgust with the system and, People not wanting to get involved, and then now that has been changing. I will say um, by and we pushed really hard to increase voter turnout and get more people involved. Uh, by 2018 in the general, I think we were 11th, so we we were moving up, wow. which was good. And then this election last week, uh, the biggest primary election maybe we've ever had, which vo- is crazy. Voter turnout was insane. Considering like what would it have been like without corona insane well i don't know there's an argument that the corona mail-in maybe, ballot might have helped it, maybe yeah. increased it because I've never
0: used the mail in before i've people, always
2: gone yeah, to my spot yeah but it's like but everybody got a ballot right. and um it, what's interesting we did have drive up locations in the four major counties four big ones and and some oh. others and very little. We only got about five thousand uh, drive-through votes on election day. Really? Yeah. W- which at the time I thought, "Wow, that's crazy." But the reason is everybody, literally everyone, had already voted. Uh, wow. l- let me put this into perspective. So, two- for us, Utah in two thousand sixteen. Okay, Governor Herbert and I ran a- again, and we won in the primary. Uh, we got seventy-two percent of the vote. And that translated to about 175,000 votes. That's how many votes we got at 72%. So I think total turnout was like 275, whatever that was, 250. I don't remember. Probably 250. That's probably closer. Uh, In this election last Tuesday, um, I got 36% of the vote and I got 190,000 votes. Wow. So I got more votes with half the percentage, then, I mean, th- that's how big the turnout was. We'll, so, so, about 250 um, four years ago, it'll be over 500,000 um, or close to 500,000 this year. So, that is that is remarkable. That's, for, a, that's a third of the state right? primary right around there. election. Uh, so when are we? At, almost 2 million. 3 now. million. Three, we're, at three. we're 3 million, yeah. I knew and it was the, crowded uh, up there. <laughs> <laughs> people go away, but you have to remember. Heber. Most of those are kids, so okay, that's good. when you look at the adults, uh, right. it's a it's a really good turnout. Okay, yeah. fine.
1: Well, right. I heard too this for this election, you had a bunch of I wanted to touch on people that. reclassifying as Republican. Yes, we did, so they could come I vote. I kind of
0: liked it. I think Is that great. weird? I I liked that people were thinking, that, like at least actively thinking about. Hey, I can get involved, in, in and I mean, at first you like those. Those bastards! Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're gonna ruin everything. But as I thought about, it, I think I read something. It was just like you know, it's a democracy. This is this is what's great about our country is like they're taking a vested interest in their state, whether they vote the way you want them to or not.
2: Which most of them didn't. But I right um, right <laughs> right. But no, no, I, mean, no, no. I I softened I, I guess, when I read that. No, look, I've always been a big tent Republican. Like I I I think. The I think what we should be doing is trying to convince people from other parties to join our party. That's the way it used to work. Right. Um, now what we do is we feel like uh, like party membership is like. I don't know, um, religion or no, not even religion because we try to get people, other people it. to join our religion. So um, it, but we, it, it's become kind of an immutable characteristic. Like we have to build a fence around our party and not let anybody out and not let anybody in. And, and Republicans are Republicans and Democrats are Democrats. We're they different do tribes. if you thing that's
0: not Republican, yeah, that's, I'll put you on a billboard
2: that, and tell everyone we hate you. That's, that happens. It's um, insane. To me. Uh, and, <laughs> And it's, it's a problem. And so I, I've been about that. Uh, it, it, it was really interesting that, I mean, that was my opponents. That was part, part of his. He, he knew, and we, we looked at the data for all of those people, those Democrats and independents that were, that were joining the party. They were supporting him probably two to one. Right. Um, and so it, that's the reason it was so close uh, in the end. Um, we had about a seven five to seven point lead uh, the entire way until uh, Jim Debacus and Rocky Anderson and all those guys started registering as Republicans uh, and and uh, <laughs> But we welcome them. Um, we're glad they're part of Trump's party. And yeah. <laughs> I just, hey, I, had to, I mean that's going to bite him somewhere, I, right? Like wait, I
0: just had to. You, you were flip flopping. Let let Jim debate. know that. Uh, <laughs> oh
2: my god! Um, but it uh, no, no. It's it's any time people get involved in the process, it's a good thing, right? Really good thing. So wow. See, and I would oh. think I, I'm surprised they took such a
0: you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're both, both you and Governor Huntsman are fairly moderate, you know, and I would think that they would welcome either one of you. It's like, if we're going to have a Republican, I guess I don't feel like you're a hardcore, you know, when I listen to Hughes and his super obnoxious commercials, I'm going to say the negative things. <laughs> you're just holding a straight face right now. I can see that. It's very, it's you know, very you mature of you, but you know, he's really pounding the whole like Trump I saw it first, I'm in the party, and I feel like that's the exact opposite of what we need right now. I feel like the middle is what we need, or somebody that is a little bit, because I'm a Republican for sure, but there's a lot of times where I'm super not proud of, you know, I get lectured all the time, like the Black Lives Matter stuff that we've been doing on the podcast. I can't believe how many, like, arguments I've been in with my own, like, friends and family. You know, just like, man, you're turning into a liberal. I'm like, oh, sorry. Sorry, I've turned into a human. Like, <laughs> if that makes me a liberal, you know, I'm just trying to be a better,
2: you know, human being. And, what, and it's And it's I funny. love that you're doing that. What's, what's interesting is in every other... Pursuit, every other thing we do in life, we reward that change for the better. Um, humility, learning, learning. Oh yeah, right, right. <laughs> All of those things, except in politics. Yeah, and and if you change, you're a flip flopper. Now, now, look to be to be clear, there are lots of politicians that only change because they want to get elected, not because they're real um, sincere about it. But um, I, I wrote an article, gosh, uh, maybe five and a half years ago about the thing that's missing in politics is humility and the the ability to change and um the there's a there's a great quote by uh, Judge Learned Hand. Um, it's it, it, back in the early 1900s. It, it was called the Spirit of Liberty, and uh, we we often think of the Spirit of Liberty. You picture kind of a an eagle carrying an you know yeah. a, a rifle or uh, and a all flag waving, and, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff, right? And and he he argued that the Spirit of Liberty. He said it, the Spirit of Liberty is that spirit that is not too sure it is right. The, the Spirit of the Spirit of Liberty is that spirit that is willing to. And I don't remember the exact quote, but learn um, from the hearts and minds of others. So, it, being willing to think you might be wrong, that you might be mistaken, and uh, and to change your position. To, uh, to and one of the things I'm really worried about my party, our party, is that we've seeded the 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 ground of humanity over to to, to Democrats and. Mm. Um, what I believe, I'm a Republican because I care about people. Because I believe that that our our philosophies and our our policies actually lift people up and make them better. Um, and and this idea of of racial injustice that is that is here, um, and, and and just trying to ignore that is wrong. And we should be the party. We were the party of Lincoln. We were the party of women's suffrage. We were the party of civil rights. We were, uh, that, that's our heritage. That's our history. We should be the party of, of, of helping to get rid of, of injustice wherever it, it is found and, and making sure that we, that, that we know that black lives do matter. I mean, I, I sat down with a mom of, uh, a black mom of five boys right. and talked to her about her experiences. I, I mean... It's rough.
0: Uh, It's so much more. And and if you don't. There's so much more racism in Utah
2: than I ever thought. People don't realize it. And I I didn't realize it. And you hear these stories. Man, it's just just heartbreaking. So, yeah, we should speak up for those people. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. That's our job. Absolutely. Do you feel that like,
1: I don't know, I feel like where we've gotten to with this, it's like the two-party system is almost hurting us more than it's like helping us. You know, because I feel like people are having to draw such lines and that's like, you can't, I can't say, oh, do you know what? You're right on that. Yeah. like, I feel like there's, there's not that happening. And with like the, you know, younger generation coming up, it's like, there is no, it is so far radical one side or the other that we're losing the ability to communicate because it's either I'm right and you're wrong and that's it. Like That's it. Like there, there is no, oh, I can understand your point. I don't have to agree with it, but I can understand it and respect it. But no, it's like no, nope, I'm right, you're wrong, and that's that's that.
2: Uh, Andrew, I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's uh, I'm going to give you another book recommendation. Okay, okay? you got to read this one. Okay, uh, it's called Vem, Them, T H E M. Okay. The subtitle is Why We Hate Each Other and How to oh. Heal. It's by Senator Ben Sass. He's a senator from Nebraska. And, and he talks about this, this tribalism that's happening in our country. Um, you know, George Washington in his farewell address, uh, he warned against... Um, partisanship and, and a two-party system, how damaging it could be. And it's ebbed and flowed over time, but certainly we're more polarized right now, political scientists will tell you, than at any time since the Civil War. And in this book, Senator Sass talks about why that is, and this is some really interesting concepts that we're lonelier than we've ever been before. Okay. We know fewer of our neighbors, and we make up for that um, on social media, which isn't the same. It's not real communication. Um, we don't have any friends, so we hate the same people together. Online, that's that's one True. way that we we do it. He talks about. Political entertainment or politics is entertainment, so that's he what I he first to it. Say. It's social media and the news. And, and the and the, or 20, the opinion shows. Well that's it. The twenty four hour talking news heads. cycle. Yeah. Fox and and MSNBC. Talks about how dangerous that is. And the and the so, he talks about the psychology of it. Like when you listen to people screaming, we get addicted to outrage and uh, and they make a lot of money knowing how to push our buttons and uh, as as that one of my favorite memes says that you know Fox News is doing to our parents um, what they said video games would do to us. Um, it's <laughs> so true. And, and, and I'm not just knocking on Fox News; it's true of MSNBC, it's Absolutely. true of CNN. By the way, I have not watched cable news in six years, yeah. and I'm very proud of that. Uh, it just it's so bad for us; it's so it corrosive, it and is. it's it's making life
0: worse. So, where's the best place for people to stay? connected and and not i mean not just at the national level but at the state level i mean that that seems to be the other problem is there's just not
1: there's no way to get it it's just not an
0: option you know we don't really have newspapers anymore where they actually have you know you got to write about what happened today you, you have this much space you have to think it out a little bit yeah and you got to be careful about what you say because tra- you can't just get on tv and say like oh whoops got that wrong you know, here's my retraction an hour later. Like if you put it in print, yeah, it's a bigger deal, so I felt like they were held to a little bit higher standard. And so, you know, where do you go to 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 see unfiltered just I mean, besides C-SPAN, of course, right? Right, Which right. Nobody wants to sit. And watch <laughs> nobody wants to watch long.
2: C-SPAN. Um, you can go to uh, at Spencer J Cox, Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Uh, no, I, so. Uh, it's it's hard I so I will say reading is always better than watching um, right. because it, it involves fewer of your senses and you can process things a little better now that doesn't mean that you know there's biased reading for sure there, for sure so I so I always encourage multiple sources in there and and know the and you can look there are rankings bias rankings for every so I have some conservative uh, you know papers and and uh, news sites that I read I have some liberal news sites that I read but I Always know the slant that they are going in. I think it's important to get a mixture of those things, sure. and uh, and so you know the Desert News and the Salt Lake Tribune uh, are are the closest things we have here, um, but there are biases there. Uh, I was to say, I mean, there's no absolutely
0: garbage. biased. Um, Don't ever read anything about BYU in the Tribune, yeah, <laughs> or Spencer Cox, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
0: and see, it's so sad. It, you know, I like that. Did you read that letter? You know, that open letter from a lot of the liberal professors. Oh, in Harper's. Yeah. About cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I kind of applauded them for doing that. I don't know that it will change anything, but you know, we can't, there's no dialogue anymore. Yeah. You know, it's scary. It is scary. Like we're we're scared to talk shop with friends and family because maybe let me back up. It's almost like when you actually do talk about it face to -face, face with somebody that has different politics than you. It's like, see, we can do this. Yeah, like it's fine. And then, and then, person, you know, we have to respect the other person. So we, you know, we may like smooth some of the things that we're saying. You know, smooth out some of the rough edges and make sure that we show appropriate respect to their beliefs. But man, Online, you put a you keyboard in front of somebody. Well, mm. that
2: that distance and anonymity or Ooh. whatever it's. I mean, I should show you my feed right now, just from All today. I, it's I, 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 I
0: made the mistake of reading a few responses to Governor Herbert's, you know, the new mask thing today yeah. for the schools.
2: And well, well, that's the thing. It
0: lasted one minute. And I'm well, like, oh yeah. my
2: gosh, I got to be done. It, it's unbelievable. So because, you know, what's amazing about what he did today is he, it's, it's the, the rare Time when you can make everyone mad. I think you uh, never win, <laughs> yeah, but because you know because he didn't do a statewide mandate on masks, right. You know half the state thinks he's killing everyone, and because he did do a, a mandate um, for schools uh, to protect teachers and and, and others, um, the you know the, the the anti-mask crowd is is really upset. By the way, great article yesterday that everyone should read uh, by um, uh, Dan McKay, a state senator, uh, on on this idea of, of Politicizing masks, right? And and look, I, I get is it. But everything is politicized, and and this I one is one that read it shouldn't be. You came here. Yeah, it was. I thought he did a really good job of trying to lay out the case. I love the emotion life out of and liberty, and wearing a mask protects both. Yeah. that was the headline. That's the headline. It's great, great article. But that's that's my point. Like those kind of discussions don't happen. But it is weird when you get people face to face. Most of the time, they're much more civil, much that's more willing so to have true. a discussion and well, learn. Yeah. Well, I, mean, and, I just see stuff that I friends and family posts sometimes,
1: and it's like, you would never say that. Never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you would never
0: say that. Why Everyone should that have help? it connected to a business. Like, that also helps you have to be
1: careful. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, right. It really is sad, though. I mean, like, we're on the subject, but like, when Donovan Mitchell posted about the stuff he did about, uh, like, oh, June, Likes, Juneteenth and yeah, Black 19th. Yeah, like, ish that one. Yeah, oh, like, oh, man. the comments in there were unbelievable yeah, I, can't jazz imagine, I, I can't imagine and spider mitchell fan i can't imagine people actually saying that to another they would never human. say that to him in
0: real life and, they and, wouldn't
2: and, and they wouldn't and, and i'm you know I, it was so nice to see so many of jazz nation come to his defense and, yeah. and of course uh, steve starks and gail miller and the, the organization who've really leaned into this in a positive way and 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 by the way discussion's happening right now amongst people who wouldn't have had these discussions For sure. in, in very For positive sure. ways. So it, it's definitely making a difference, but boy, there's some uh, people out there who uh, have really made made it tough. It's sad. Yeah.
1: How do you protect your kids from that? Like, like how do you like, because I would imagine some of these people, they there are no boundaries. So they're mad at you. I would assume they attack your kids. Well, Russian bots don't care.
2: Uh, yeah, Russian bots don't care. <laughs> um, they don't. And uh, And, you know, it's... Kids should be off limits, and they, they should ne- they need to be off limits. And um, it's harder because my kids are older now. I've got one who's uh, down at SUU, one who is it's actually in between a mission. He's going back next week, and uh, um, and then um, I, I, one that'll be a senior this year, and then my my little girl who's in middle school. But um, th- you know my. One of my sons likes social media a lot. He's pretty active. He spends a lot of time on Twitter. Uh, his views don't necessarily uh, line up directly with mine. And and that's that's getting harder, too. Like, the younger yeah. generation, um, they don't want much to do with uh, the Republican Party right now. Yeah. We're, we're losing an entire generation, which is another topic for another day. But... Um, but we did have a couple people who, uh, who kind of used him screenshot some things and tried to use it against me. And uh, it just, that, that's where I have no patience. And, uh, the, and, and talk to Abby, the mama bear really comes out when yeah. you mess with my kids. But one, one of the good things about staying in Fairview though was again, we, we've kept them sheltered from this a little bit, which I think is a good thing. I think was the right thing. And uh, we try to keep them off social media as much as possible. Yeah.
1: <sighs> do, do they, like, do they enjoy the fact No, you're running or
2: that you're in government? No, no, they, they don't. Um, they're, I mean, they're fine with it. You know, they're good. Uh, they tolerate it. I think more than anything, um, they, I think we're mostly hoping we lost. Um, (laughs) in fact, in fact, my daughter, uh, we, we don't have horses right now. Um, because our lives are so crazy. My, uh, my family, her family, does, and so we can ride anytime we want. But uh, somehow, my daughter figured out that if we lost, she got a horse, and so she was telling all her friends on the bus to tell their parents not to vote for oh me. Oh my god! She was running That's a real, amazing. a real insurgent campaign. And, uh, but, uh, but no, they, you know, they're just kind of like, this is our lives, and and they've sacrificed as much as anyone, and and I'm I. I recognize that and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for it. They've handled it really well. Uh, it's been hard for my daughter just because she's the one that'll have to move. Um, my third son will be halfway through his senior year. We'll let him finish up, but she'll have to move to a new place, I was gonna ask about new that. friends. Uh, that So the night of the election, even though we didn't win-win that night, we were up um, when the initial results right. came in and – she was with her friends and everybody was cheering and excited and it was great. And then there was just this moment where it dawned on her kind of what this meant. And she came up and gave me a hug and just kind of lost it. And that was one of those moments where, where I kind of lost it, you know, like, uh, did we do the right thing? I think we did the right thing. And we know we did the right thing. Uh, but we're, and she'll be great. She's resilient. She's tough. You know, she's a farm girl. Uh, but it's, uh, it does take a toll on families. There's a reason people don't do this stuff. And yeah. we, we see it every day. So. Wow.
0: Well, and you have to remember, I feel like that's one of those things where you got to just, you know, imagine them once they get married Yeah. and they, you know. It'll be something that they're really proud of. And
2: well, they look the, back and
0: they're really proud of,
2: you know, the Herbert kids uh, we, we get to look to. Right. And um, what's interesting is they're my age. Uh, I'm the, the age of, of governor Herbert's kids and we're great friends and have a ton in common. And, and they've had some really amazing experiences. Right. right. And, and I, I, I hope this, 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 Podcast doesn't come off as negative at all. I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to serve in this position, and my family is really lucky. Like these are good problems to have, you know. Right. Like oh, I feel bad for you. Your dad's the governor, right? No, right. no one, no one has sympathy. <laughs> I, for, I don't know. I don't for know for that. that. People necessarily.
0: <laughs> but, it's
1: like it's like when you owe a lot of tax. It's like that sucks you owe a lot of tax, but you made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah. So you're right. It's okay. It's okay. You'll you'll be fine. Yeah. It, there right. are like, worse things. In yeah. The world. Like it sucks you're paying a bunch Bloods. to the government. Yeah. <laughs> but you also brought in a lot. That's why you owe. A That's lot what of I tax. say when I. Have, Pay
0: the credit card fees every month. <laughs> Three <I'm> like, percent. What? It's <laughs> because you made
2: so much money that's off right. of me. Like, it's a good problem to have. Eating that sampi turkey that you bring. <laughs> uh, so 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 yeah. Look, I'm not looking for sympathy, but just that that's the uh, you know that's the situation. And, the real of what it is. Yeah, and and it's getting worse, unfortunately, because um, you know anonymous people can attack your your kids and your family, and um, so the good news is people are to be better here in Utah, and, and uh, we, we've got a lot of great support here. Have you ever been worried for your safety or safety of your family before? Yeah, not... I, I mean... <laughs> oh, do you want to hear another story? Yes, okay. we do. All right, I'll tell you another story. So, um, one day I was in Vernal at a energy Beautiful. meeting. Beautiful Vernal. I love Vernal. <laughs> and... <laughs> And we were, uh, we were. (laughs) You can't say bad Uh, things about. (laughs) So okay. Oh yeah, you're good. That's right. Yeah, that's. (laughs) I have to say bad things about. That's that's fine. What year did you graduate? Ninety seven. Okay. Um. So, my brother was now he was a quarterback. Ninety nine and two thousand for North San and we played. We played you guys in the in the state. quarterfinals I think but wow.
0: it was it was a lot of fun. we're like a big fancy school now yeah it's an amazing school cra- it's like a oh, yeah. 6a I guess but yeah
2: <laughs> it's it's incredible yeah. so so we uh I, I get this call from my wife and she said and so I knew something was wrong she called me a couple times I ignored it the first time because I was in this meeting I went out and took it she's like hey I just I got this letter in the mail and it's a death threat and um and there was all kinds of awful stuff in there like pornographic material and all this other stuff. Um, and, and when those types of things happen, um, there are security protocols that we have to implement right away. I don't have security. Um, about half the Lieutenant governors in the country do, but, but we don't here. as the governor says I'm expendable. So, uh, <laughs> he actually only said that when I asked him if I could do a, um, if I could do a, a, a derby. Um, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, um, at demolition derby, we we had a good time, and I almost died. But <laughs> another story. So so I immediately call security, and I'm like I'm like, hey, um, so my wife just got we just got a ma- in the mail. We got a death threat and some really vile material, just some terrible stuff. And he's like, okay, we're on it. Tell her we're sending somebody over right now. And uh, and like immediately, I, I called my wife back and said, you know, they're on the way. So we had a trooper who live actually lives in Fairview was the first one there. And he said, um, and then I got a text saying, hey, we've got a team headed over there. And I'm like, oh, a team. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, then, so the trooper got there and he's like, hey, where's everybody else? And she's like, well, who else is coming? And he said, well, um, we've got the, uh, uh, we've got a, oh, a hazmat crew on their way. And I'm like, she's like, "Uh, they said they're sending a hazmat crew. And I'm like, what? And so- I texted back our security leader and I'm, I'm like, and then Donovan, I'm like, um, hey, when I said vile material, did you oh, think I said no. a vial of material? Oh. He thought they had sent like, you know, a substance yeah. or something. <laughs> and fortunately it was not a vial of material. So, oh, uh, you know, spelling in English matter. Um, but right. we, uh, but so they came and, and they took care of it. Turned out it was a crazy guy from Arizona and he'd actually sent them to um, all elections uh, like secretaries of state and lieutenant governors ac- across the country and so we, this was to your house this was to my house yeah yeah that's a little scary yeah um and so we we have had some things like that not too much but uh it's a you know it's a crazy world and and you, you got to be careful so. you know
0: i remember going so a good friend of mine was the head of security up there at the capitol okay let's say like 10 years ago chip blair is his name he's a state trooper i know chip but, well
2: chip was really? part of the governor's security detail right. actually uh he does he works for uh gail miller and the jazz now i didn't know doing that. security
0: i love chip and it, i so i was going to be a cop that's all i ever wanted to do yeah it's kind of weird i was hired with the border patrol and then okay. just last minute i had this feeling not to do it and found barbecue like 10 years later but it was funny i went up there one day to hang out with him and i was in his office and it was during this it was in you know in session and S- somebody, I don't know if it was right in his office or what, but they were they were going through voicemails, mm. and every one of them were death threats. Yeah, and you could not believe some of the stuff that people were calling. You know, I don't know what line it was. Obviously, calling in, you know, to the to the Capitol, but I mean, they were saying some gnarly
1: stuff, and I mean. It's got to happen. I think it happened. a lot before more before than-
2: social media was a, uh, yes, a yeah. big thing. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can right. just
1: see some of the stuff that people are saying now. <laughs> oh,
0: and and that's true, but it's different. I feel like it's different when somebody makes a phone call, and even worse, sends something to your home. Yeah,
2: and that's where we felt like that we'd been violated. Yeah, for you know, sure. That's, that's a tough one.
0: Well, and you're kind of down. I mean. You know what? There's a couple cops working at a time in the county. Yeah, you know, Yeah. and but, so it's.
2: But there's more guns in our house. I was gonna say all, <laughs> I all was of all of Salt Lake PD well armed. <laughs> combined. So, uh, so we're we're very well armed I was at my place, say. I was, and, well and Abby unfair. knows how to. Abby knows how to shoot. Um, so <laughs> I was you know, one of my first days as Lieutenant Governor, a guy, this was on the news, drove his truck like up the stairs at the side of the Capitol, which is right out my office, drove a truck up there and they they stopped him. And uh immediately I had security all over my office, right? And I'm like, what's going on? You know, I've only been on the job for a couple of weeks. And and they said some guy tried to drive his truck up the steps and i'm like that's probably one of my cousins <laughs> that's, that's kind of how we like do stuff it in, in sand pete uh but uh, it turned out it wasn't so i we we got off the hook there i <laughs> want to make sure they didn't he's get came to
0: see my cousin Spence. <laughs> <laughs> he's in there right told me to come anytime
2: <laughs> so yeah you can't be too careful but um and, and i know the governor's had some real threats For um sure. some you know scary so stuff, what will but,
0: that look like if when you're governor I don't want uh, to jinx it, if, <laughs> but you know, like for your kids, like, will there be a security detail for them or how does that kind of work for Yeah, we without we still, giving away anything? Of course, We've right.
2: still got to, got to work through all of that and, right. and, and, uh, can't talk too much about sure. security. Um, but they, uh, but, but we do have obviously security for the governor and, uh, um, we will have to move to the mansion, uh, for, for those purposes. Although we'll be able to spend weekends back in, in Fairview, like oh, the governor cool. does here, um, in, in Orem.
0: Right, I see the, I see him at Sleepy Ridge all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you bump into him a few times. He yeah. he loves that play. That's his spot. That's his spot. Seems like a pretty good golfer from the looks of it.
2: He's he's a great golfer. He's, he's about a good receiver. A, I saw. See the oh, hand, how about that? the one handed hand. grab? Yeah, dude, seventy three. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, he's he's legit. He's a real athlete. I mean, yeah. he was, uh, you know, he was the starting quarterback in high school, starting point guard, and he played everything. And and uh, but he. He's about a. He's probably about a twelve handicap. If he played, if he played more, he he'd be a nine. Um, right. If he if he played regularly, next year he'll so. be a nine. to <laughs> say next, <laughs> next year he will probably be <laughs> a nine. some improvement. Yes, next year, true. Wow.
1: I've got. I don't want to hog it. I feel like I'm hogging it. <laughs> I got to go for it because I'm going to talk about the Jazz, and once we go down that road, we're not coming back. See, That's I feel it. like we have to touch on the coronavirus a little bit. Kay. Okay, you know and. That brings up another point,
0: you know, the black lives matter thing, like you're starting to see that transition to where you're hearing about it less again. And you're, you know, I think the whole news cycle is a really interesting thing.
2: Well, I I was, I have a theory about that though. Um, I, we heard about it a lot more and a lot longer than we would have if it wasn't for the coronavirus um that's that's my theory i think it lasted so much longer because Basically, we don't have any entertainment. Right. Um, so we had there, time to focus was, on it? There was no jazz game the next day. There was no, huh. you know, there's no sports. There's no new movies coming out. Um, I, I think it dominated the conversation for a lot longer than people expected. And and we actually did see some real change. I mean, we had a special oh, session of the legislature where we made some changes um, that, that never would have happened, I think, in another time. So I, I don't think this is the end of it. I think it I think it will stay top of mind for lots of people for a long time. But. You but you're right. I mean, it's part of the news cycle. But right. to get three, four weeks is almost impossible yeah. in uh, in in our modern so world. I,
1: what kinds of things? What from like a government level are you looking at? Like from that, like the that- that, that it allowed you to do it gave you the time to maybe address some things.
2: Yeah, so uh, so, so one was, um, w- w- and we were ch- reached out to our police community as well. We have a great relationship. You know, we have incredible uh, police departments and officers here in in our state. Our troopers are incredible. Um, and and we talked to them too. And and mo- a lot of these were changes they've been wanting for a long time. So like banning chokeholds, those types of things. Many police departments had already done that. We wanted to do that statewide. Um, there are some things around transparency that we're working on with. Them. Uh, one of the things that I've been very vocal about for a long time is that we're asking our, our police officers oh. t- to do things that they aren't trained to do and shouldn't have to do. I mean, half of the uh, half of the use of force shootings that we have in our state involve serious mental illness. And um, every time somebody has some sort of a mental breakdown, we call nine one one and we send a cop out. Right? That shouldn't happen. Uh, we should, you know, we should actually not be defunding them. We should be giving them more funding Amen. and and funding. For for de-escalation training and uh, funding to, to a, a, with you know on this side for um, for our uh, mobile crisis outreach teams to get to to actually get psychologists out there to you know to help with these th- with people that are I having
0: those breaks. Awesome documentary about that. Uh, the name escapes me, but it was San I think it was San Antonio Police Department that they have two officers. That's it. I mean, it's a huge city. Yeah, but they are when a 911 call comes in for somebody like that they're the first call to go out and amazing it's i mean these guys are trained in and yeah. and doing that and that's the thing people forget how many hats we ask police officers i mean they're marriage counselors yeah they're parents they're i mean the domestic violence stuff i
2: oh, mean it's man. crazy what we're asking them to do yep. and they they should not be doing that nope. um w- one of the interesting things during op Uh, um, Operation Rio Grande you know when we were working with the the homelessness situation and the drug culture down there uh, we were sending out social workers with uh, with our troopers um, as they would go out and deal with these situations and it very cool it worked so much better so so those are some of the things that we're doing but This has to expand beyond that, right? Um, And we have elevated our multicultural office now um, to, to being an advisor, a direct advisor to the governor so that they're on all of our cabinet meetings, I mean, everything that we do so they can help us see things through with their eyes. You know, I don't, I will never know what it's like to be black in Utah. Exactly right. I just won't. Yeah. But I can I can get close to people who do and I can listen to people who are and uh, we we just, we need more of that. And so yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And um, if I'm fortunate enough to, to win in November, um, our, you know, our administration will have a lot more of that.
0: So well, and that's I th- really cool. I think ultimately that's, I still think that ultimately in Utah, we don't, you know, there's not a lot of true racist people. I think they're just uneducated and they don't know how to be around black people because there's a lot of people here that have never grown up around, you know, different cultures and different races. Yeah. And so I think everything to them, especially through the lens of opinion shows and, you know, Fox News, CNN and social media, even worse, is
2: kind of an us against them, Well, and you know. point of view nobody likes to be attacked right and so when when you don't think you're racist or don't you know you don't intentionally do things and you hear you know we're all racist you you push back on that and that's and that's i think what we're seeing when instead of pushing back if we would sit down and listen i've learned some things that i've done or said that I had no idea we're impacting people and then and then just just seeing the, you know the institutional piece look you know it wasn't It wasn't until the 60s that we really, and and 70s, that we got rid of a lot of this real intentional racism built into our legal system. We can't expect all of, every vestige of that to be gone in 50 years. The the way we fund education is a perfect example of this. Um, Look, if you live in a nice neighborhood, and property taxes fund a big piece of education, you're going to have nicer schools and you're going to have better. So we always say, you know, the U.S. is about opportunity. We give everyone an opportunity to get ahead, but that's not necessarily true not if, at
0: all it's not an equal opportunity i mean like you said if i we've said it i've said this a few times like if i'm born in south side chicago
2: or provo utah it's going to be way different. It's going to be different. Now, the good news in Utah is uh, we lead the nation in upward mobility. So you can be born that's in poverty and point. not stay in poverty. Number one, wow, Harvard—that's that's an actual yeah, Harvard,
0: quantifiable number. It how they, is. How do they
2: measure that? So um, I, Harvard did a bunch of studies on it. It's been a couple of years since I've looked at it. Um, I'd have to go back and see exactly how they measure, but they—they they do. They—they—they they, very- they look through and they—they—they they, mm. they look at your socioeconomic status when you were born. You know what your what your family was like, where you lived, all of those things. And then they follow you throughout your life. And, and it, you know, it's the American dream, right? Sure. Um, it's in fact, the New Yorker did an article a few years ago that said the, the American dream is dead except in Utah. And, and it was, <laughs> wow. it was about that. And, and so, so we do a better job of that. But again, if, if you're born in Rose park or, you know, West Valley, sure. um, the odds are just different; they they just are, and part of that is our education system, and and so making sure that we get educational opportunities in those areas. Rural Utah, same thing. Like absolutely, you know, right. I'm I'm very fortunate to have lived the life and had the opportunities that I've had because so many don't. Right. Um, many end up on the East Coast at law school. I'll bet. That's, that's right. Yeah, it's it's very very rare. Yeah. And, well, to um, have
0: a farmer dad, right? I, yeah. The, I don't mean that to sound negative, but. To to take you to Washington D.C. when you're eight years old and get yeah. that culture. I mean, that's awesome. That's yeah. a that's a really cool thing to have. That kind of because those opportunities or those experiences really do shape who we are, and we forget that even at eight years old, Huge You impact. could be totally steering, you know, your kid's life into a direction and help them find their thing. And so so it is important for us to get out there and experience that stuff. But I mean, yeah, there's some places you don't get that opportunity. Yeah.
2: So that's, I think that's where we, again, we have to be intentional about it. We just have to say, look, we're going to try to solve these problems. Even though we don't think we're part of the problem, um, let's try to be part of the solution and, and figure it out together.
1: Yeah. Wow. How hard is it when you want to just have like open conversations about things, but you know that- Someone is always going to take what you say and twist it. Like, is that, is that, do you,
2: do you have to keep that front of mind? You you mean like this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Being the reason I don't get elected in November? It's, it's definitely in play. Right, right now I'm thinking of the 20 things I've said that are going to get me in trouble. Yeah. Whatever. It, no, it's, it's, it's real though. It is. It's real. real. It's got to be so stressful. So, so there's a couple things that I think are important. One is, and this is where we need to change. And part of it is politicians' fault. I'm not. Being, I'm not apologizing for politicians. We've had too many politicians that are talking point politicians. They only tell you what you want to hear. They only say what they need to get elected. They're scripted. They never answer the question you ask. They just, you know, they just do their thing. I like um, athletes. Yeah. No. It's there's some of that, right? Um, if you're I think if you're real with people, you do get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Now that changes the higher up the ladder you get, and I'm sure being which is lieutenant, so sad because it should be the opposite. It should be the opposite. Being lieutenant governor, um, I'm sure I got to pass on a lot of things that I won't as governor. Everything gets put under a microscope. Everything gets taken out of context, and people will do with it what they what they will. Um, I will say on social media though, um, because you know on Twitter uh, especially because I've spent time interacting with people and I try to be me. My hope is if you only know me through Twitter and then you meet me in real life, that I'm the same person. Yeah. Um, and they, the fact that they know it's really me and it's not somebody managing my account. It's not, you know, some staffer, uh, it, it changes it a little bit. And I think I, get the benefit of the doubt when I make some mistakes or, you know, say something wrong. Um, and then just apologize when, when you're wrong. Um, now if people have a vendetta or they're out to get you, they'll never let that go. But, but it is hard. It's more intense during a campaign because I had three guys who were and, and a they had teams of people who were watching my every move and everything oh. that could be taken out of context and put on a billboard or blown up and sent in a mailer to people, and that was that was always really hard. So I'm probably a little looser right now than I should be, <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't drink. So this is <laughs> when did when did like campaigning become that? Like when did campaigning turn so negative? It's I mean it's probably well. I always have to go back if you go back and look at like campaigning during the founding of our nation, it was brutal. I mean, there was some awful stuff that happened um that you know we talk about fake news now. Thomas Jefferson basically owned a newspaper through a shadow organization and published terrible things about his competitors all the time all right. so um so so that that was really awful stuff, and there have been awful campaigns throughout history. That's It's the nature of human beings. But um, I, I, I really think that in the 90s, in fact, so this polarization, if you go back, um, they, the, political scientists can measure this. If you look at the 435 members of the House of Representatives in Congress, uh, and and you kind of figure out the middle, like the center where stuff gets done, um, they, they will tell you that in the 70s, there were about, um gosh 350 or 325 in the middle in the 80s it dropped to about 275 in the 90s is where you see a really big drop down into the hundreds um, huh. and that was you know partially my party's fault uh, Newt Gingrich and the, uh, the so, some of the stuff that happened there the contract with America things they, they figured out how to use divisiveness in a way and then the Democrats jumped right on and and uh, in the 2000s it, Dropped into single digits, and then like a couple years ago, the last I looked, the the middle was like eight. Oh yeah, uh, I mean that's it. it just so polarized, and 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 then you know we carve up, we redistrict, you know, in Congress. But you know, governors' races are polarized, and there's no redistricting there. But what it's become is is people get more apathetic and don't participate. You only need your base. To you know, and and what stokes the base, the more extremes of the party is the the fear and and painting the other side as evil, and so you've got to support me to stop evil, and uh, and then we reward that people get elected, and 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 then, sorry, I just I keep talking. That, what's but,
1: rewarded is repeated,
2: right? That's right. The, the other thing is one of the biggest problems we have, and this made sense. Uh, couple hundred years ago but having congress run every two years is really a problem For because sure. they are constantly campaigning yep. and there is no incentive to actually get anything done um, at least in the senate every six years you know they have a four years where they don't have to think about campaigning constantly so you get a little more statesmanship but it's rough it's just really For sure rough.
0: two years i mean that gives you about 10 months six to 10 months to actually just work i but and they're campaigning the, the second campaigning. it's over.
2: That's the issue, and the, that's the thing. It's it's a constant campaign. They have to raise money t- t- for the next campaign, which right. is another problem. And it just that cycle just perpetuates itself. Do you think an independent legitimately could ever win? It, at what level?
1: I, the president. No I way. don't. No, they, he I won really the Madam don't secretary. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know,
2: That's, there's so many no, good I, TV president. I, I missed that episode. I, <laughs> to think of it, I missed all of the episodes. Um, I, I no, I, I really don't. I don't think. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. It's. it's you gotta bad. have
0: the money. You gotta have the backing. You've got.
2: I yeah. Mean, what's, what's interesting is I think as a nation we're we're actually more fiscally conservative and socially. Liberal. Liberal. Yep. I think that's kind of where the nation I use that
0: to describe myself all tri- the time. Right?
2: No, right. I, 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 I really do. I hear that from people all the time, but there's there's not a party for that, right? No. Do you, the, you want fiscal conservative? I guess the Republicans, although we haven't been that My way together. My cousin for a while. calls
0: them gun-toting Democrats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what he calls himself. I'm a gun-toting Democrat.
0: <laughs> that's that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a liberal, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a Democrat, but, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things that he believes in the Second Amendment and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, gun-toting Democrat. That's what he Yeah, knows.
2: And there, there's no party for that person, whoever that right. is. So, yeah.
0: And that's where we really should all be, right? I mean, nothing gets done. I mean, it only gets done when you have the majority. Yeah. Right? And it's like, and that's just sad. We should be able to do more bipartisan things.
1: Wait, be, be because feel it's like awesome to have people voting for both sides all the time, depending oh, on what the issue is sure. and what they actually genuinely believe
0: is and better. Being a, yeah, and being able to believe in a candidate, like yeah. no matter what, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, if I'm on this team, I, I have to vote for this team. Yeah. And
2: man, it's a problem. Well, and, and even when they agree on something, they don't want to give the other side the benefit of accomplishment. And so we become the parties of no. Like, as long as we stop, uh, stopping the other side is a win instead of actually doing something.
1: Well, and what's so hard is like, you can look, because there's, for example, Utah done a fantastic job with so many things with Corona and the economy, it's jobs have come back all these things. There's numbers and data that prove it. But if you ask a Democrat, everything is failing. What or, a great segue into my or, next question or
2: a, or a Republican <laughs> running against me. Oh, uh-huh.
1: Exactly. <laughs> or yeah. Or that.
0: <laughs> well, and, and that I, my real theory is that so much of what we're seeing in the media with coronavirus is because it's an election year. Like I really truly
2: believe that. So, I, I will say this, and uh, you know, we've probably lost all your listeners at this point. I, doubt, I
0: no, <laughs> you're wrong. I think this is going to be a good one. <laughs> um,
2: I, I will say this. Um, one of my laments is so. W- most states don't have statewide elections on the same, uh, on the, the the presidential year, um, a cycle. So oh, yeah, for, for example, Idaho has theirs in 2018. That's when they had their governor's race in, in, in 22. So we're one of the few states that is on the same cycle as the presidential election. And And I can tell you how different this whole coronavirus thing would be in Utah if we weren't in cycle right now. I really wish we weren't. I, I talked to my friends in other states who aren't in cycle, and yes, there are arguments and disputes and and back and forth between Democrats and Republicans, but it's not gotten nearly the attention that it is here. I mean, it's, it was amazing to me, the the article, national articles that were written on things we did here in Utah, when there were 20 other states that made far worse mistakes than we did. And again, that we weren't perfect, and we need to be able to stand up to scrutiny. Um, but, but having an election at the national level, 100% has made this worse. No question. It's made it worse the way President Trump has responded, and it's made it worse the way the media has, has criticized him, and Democrats have criticized him, and then he responds back in a way that makes it worse, and then they respond, and it's oh, just... Like the self-fulfilling negative... It, loop. it is. It it's, just, it's just awful. If, if, if this had happened you know, a, a year or two ago, it would have been very different, unfortunately but yeah, everything's Damn. politicized. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the sad part. I think like the mass, we had a great discussion about masks after a podcast, what a week ago. Yeah. You know, we should have recorded it and made it a podcast, <laughs> but you know, Brent feels very strongly about masks. My argument was if you mandate masks, less people will wear them because I feel like in Utah, there's a very big, there's a lot of type A personalities here, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm sure they're everywhere, but You know, we have a very intelligent state. I feel like overall there's a lot of smart people here. And I feel like when you make things, you know, not reading that it was a mandate today, I think is a good move. Because I feel like when you tell somebody that is a freedom-loving, you know, hardcore Republican, right? Everyone's freedom-loving. But you know what I'm getting at. The America kind of people. America. (laughs) America. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do. That's my freedom. (laughs) America. America. And so... I feel like asking, I feel like today kind of came from the heart from him and I liked that. Like, And then I read that article that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Because I've kind of been like, man, I've had a hard time seeing how masks help anywhere besides maybe Costco, right? Or anywhere where there's a a large amount of people. But then to see how politicized they've become and how divisive yet another thing to divide us. Yeah.
1: Who would think a fabric mask <laughs> oh, would no. become
0: a political statement. It's,
1: it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it's but see,
0: now I feel like I want to wear one because I want to be in the middle. Good. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm starting to feel like I want to shut my my party up, right? Like, dude, you guys got to chill out, okay? It's just a mask. But, I you know, I also want to show some empathy to the other side. And I just want to say that or show that there's some... But I mean, do you guys factor that stuff in? Sure, we do.
2: I mean, the yeah, mandate—we absolutely do. I mean, that's it's and it's excruciating. Like again, you can't win on this issue, oh, um, for sure. And I, it's. Ah, uh,
1: I loved it, your tweets. Storm. like, whatever, uh, like the seven, what yeah. is like seventeen tweets, and it's it's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Talking about yeah. some people, all didn't of think the it different. Was awesome. <laughs> of course, no <laughs> well, one ever, Twitter. no one's <laughs> ever going to. <laughs> Everyone's you know? angry on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks,
2: Andrew. Uh, no, we we do factor that in. And look, I I um. There there are a certain group of people that even if you mandate it, they're not going to wear. I understand that. And 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 you're right about that kind of freedom-loving pushback. There, there was a great uh, cartoon I saw once that there, there was a sign that said, like, no juggling knives. And the guy's walking by and he's like, suddenly I have an urge to juggle knives. You know? <laughs> <See>? <laughs> and That's, I feel like there's a lot of that type of person you're, here. You're wired that way. Uh, I will tell you. I, I mean, America's wired that. That's
0: how we were founded, right? Like Sh- we yeah. can do it better. You suck. Like, <laughs> we're not paying that. Like we'll do it our
2: yeah, own. Gonna, we'll do it on our we're own. are gonna throw that tea in the ocean right. just because. Uh, so, so yeah, we we do take that into account. Um, the the. It, the, we have seen evidence that a mandate does get more people to wear masks, um, than, than, not. And, uh, so that's, you know, that's a hard one. I just, I just drove through Oregon, um, with my family a couple days ago and they, they have a mandate and, uh, it, it, you know, everywhere we went, every gas station, I'd say 90% of people were wearing masks, um, uh, maybe a little more than that. And, uh, um, we, you know, we had a guy in our office who tested positive for the coronavirus in the governor's office, and he was really good at wearing a mask. Anytime we were, you know, in a conference room, the governor was there, he had a mask on. Uh, 20 people, were, he was exposed to 20 people, but he had a mask on every time. Not one of them got it. And so, you know, we feel pretty good about that, that that it does actually help cut down on the transmission rate. One of the, I, I always tell people to find someone that they can trust, and, and I always recommend Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Uh, he he is former FDA commissioner. He works for the American Enterprise Institute, which is a right-leaning, a conservative-leaning uh, uh, think tank. He's brilliant. He's really good on this stuff. And he showed some studies that if we could just get 60% of people to wear masks, we could get the transmission rate under one. And so we know we're not going to get everybody. And and I do think that please pleas uh, from people, you know, like you, like uh, a very conservative senator, Dan McKay, like the governor. If we can get all these voices, um, I, I I think uh, that we're going to have um, some of our college, you know, football people and others saying, "Hey, if you want games back, w- sure. wear a mask." Uh, if that doesn't it, motivate you, what will? Well. Exactly. That's what I said. I was like, "Do you want football He's, or a mask?" You said yeah. that. I'm like, "I'll wear a mask." <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how I takes. feel. Yeah, anything to get football back. So so yeah.
0: Well, and it's a hard thing because it, you know. You don't know what to believe. There's so much stuff out there. Right.
2: I ha- so I'll
0: i ask one more question. My neighbor is a salesman for a company that has a test. And according to him, the best test out there is only 60% accurate. My grandma t- had to be tested three times and got... She was positive, no symptoms. And then two days later, negative. And then just to make sure, two days after that, negative. So it was negative.
2: So how much of that is happening? So... And again, I am not an expert. Sure. And the problem with this is that suddenly there are a lot of experts and usually there's, <laughs> usually they're selling What's that, something or qu-
0: <laughs> Quainon, whatever yeah. everyone's into now. What's how do you say that? Don't we don't even want to mention it. We won't give them, <laughs> we won't give them any press, but,
2: uh, so we, uh, but but what what I've been told is that, that most tests are north of ninety five percent accurate. Really there are some false positives out there. That does happen. Um it, it absolutely does. I, I mean that's you know, if 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 say a test is ninety six percent accurate and you know you're doing uh, we've had some days where we did ten thousand tests a day, right. that's still a lot of people that are gonna get a false positive right. and, and some false negatives in that's there in there as well. So, you know, it's it wouldn't surprise me that your grandma maybe got a false positive. Right. Um, and so we we do believe now, now, was this the, the actual swab or was this an antibody test?
0: This was the... The swabs.
2: Swab, yeah. yeah. So those those do have a higher accuracy rate. Um, the antibody test is where it's a real struggle right now. Okay. I'm trying to figure out if you've had the disease before using a blood test. Um, I actually had uh, a two-finger prick test. Um, I was told that it was 98% accurate, and I tested positive for the antibodies, saying that wow. I had it early on. Um, but it just... It didn't make sense, so I went and got a blood draw from the University of Utah. Their test is, I'm told, is much more accurate. That and they did not find any antibodies, and so, um, so I don't believe I've had it. So, so we're still really cautious on those. But, um, but uh, I, you know, again, I. Um, I can't remember. I've t- I've talked so much today, but we, we I actually met with one of the drug manufacturers today. I don't think we've had this conversation. Uh, and um, we uh, they're and they're making a um, a vaccine. They're one of the vaccine right. makers. Uh, they they've started production on this vaccine already. And by production, I mean, it's still in the testing phase, sure. um, but they built a facility here in the United States. It would normally take a year. They did it in 30 days. Um, they are in full production right now. They're making the vaccine as we speak. They will have 100 million doses of this vaccine by October. And assuming that it goes through the clinical trials and passes, um, we could have 100 million do- doses in October. Um, that's enough to vaccinate uh, you know, everybody over the age of 65 and people yeah. who are at risk. That That's a game-changer sure. in October. Why and it, can't
1: that information get out there? I don't know and why like, like, it's why not out it, there. Because it'll it help out-
0: Donald Trump get elected. <laughs> but,
1: but <laughs> I'm serious. Real, I know. It gets hidden. Like, real, true data gets hidden, right? And it, positives. It, the positive stuff, yeah.
2: yeah you it gets- know, it's like,
1: all they want to talk about is the number of cases, and they don't, they don't talk about what's our hospitalization rate, what's our death rate. Which is what we pay close yeah, attention to. Yeah, which is to. why you haven't done stricter mandates because it hasn't. Like, right. the number of cases... This is me talking. I'll make sure I preface that. Well, if you're on social media, you're an expert, so it's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. The number of cases I feel like don't matter. What matters is who's going to the hospital
2: and who's dying, right? Like, so you're right. Um, the, the the number wh- wh- I, I wouldn't say they don't matter, but they matter less. Yeah. Than the hospitalizations. The problem is the lag uh, time that we have, and because we're testing more, we are getting uh, we we are test- finding out people earlier, and and so it can take three weeks before they get hospitalized, two to three weeks before they get hospitalized. Okay. So and it can take two weeks before you even show symptoms. So you could be a month plus in this. So the the problem is a decision we made a month ago. We're just now seeing the results of. And if you make the wrong decision, it's it takes too long to switch, which is where New York found themselves right in such a bad, bad way, um, and so. But but you're you're right. We are watching the ICU beds and the hospitalization rates very, very closely. And what we do know is that the more cases you have, the more hospitalizations you are going to have. Um, the question is just how many is if that if it's younger people, you're going to have less, right? Which we're seeing so far, which is good news. Um, but there is a Threshold where it gets a little it gets unsustainable and we don't want to have to shut things back down. And that's why, again, please just wear masks. Yeah, that's it. Don't like, make us make you just do it. So that's, like
1: why is that number like like is it out there for people to know like what
2: the hospitalization
1: or ICU beds like? Is that yeah. something they there's, don't want public? No, no,
2: we, we show that now. Um, if you go to uh, coronavirus.utah.gov, um, there's a whole bunch of data on there. You can see the hospitalizations. Hospitalizations have been climbing. The good news today is we had a lot of people that left the hospital and we had fewer people come in. So that that's okay. good. We actually fell. We were getting up to about 190 beds, uh, close to 200. We fell back today to, I think, 177, something like that. And are they, so, they only cla- when you're saying
0: hospitalization, because I've heard a few people say, well, there's like, for instance, my daughter just broke her collarbone a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And they're seeing a huge spike, because now hospitals are opening back up to elective surgeries. right? So they're seeing a big jump. And at- I remember the surgeon saying... We haven't been this slammed in a long time. I mean, every OR
2: was... Yeah, because they hacked. had a backlog. Right. Yeah. And
0: that's why the lines of getting tested for COVID are so high, because people have to get tested to get to their get, stuff yeah. done and get in there. So, are those numbers just COVID-19
2: patients? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, the, the 177 to 190, wherever we are today, those are just COVID patients. And what we do on the ICUs is we look at the ICU corona patients and... The total ICU capacity, and so um, because there are lots of people, so I think the 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 coronavirus ICU is about thirty percent, but but overall we're at about sixty to actually it's less than that. I'm sorry, it may be closer to twenty percent, but um, overall capacity is between sixty and seventy percent from all the other things, and so we're we're watching that. Once we get up to eighty or ninety percent total, um, that's a that's a problem, and that's we're looking to overwhelm the system. And
1: I wish that was the kind of information that was. The top of the news headline, yeah, right. You know, like instead of just, I don't know, that's just right, that's just my opinion. No, and I think that's smart. I I remember reading,
0: I want to say it was you that said this something like you were kind of explaining the whole flatten the curve thing. It's not like we're trying to get rid of it, we're just trying to make it so not too many people flood the hospitals at the same time. That's right. You know, we want kind of a down curve, obviously, but. If we have a massive spike statewide all at once it'll
2: just screw up the hospitals you know the and hospital beds. that's where you see the high death rates so right. we have one of the lowest mortality rates in the country, which is really really good because we if you do get sick and you do go to the hospital we've got great health care but as you as those numbers start to come up and what's interesting is we talk a lot about overwhelming the system with the the number of beds, Um, there's actually a a, a more challenging piece and it's not having enough doctors, uh, specialists for what they're doing. So right now, with those 170 to 190, you're getting the best doctors who deal with this stuff all the time. Once we get up much above 200, now you're getting somebody who doesn't do this because right. there aren't enough to go around and you're getting nurses and then... The graveyard
0: the qua- nurse at the urgent care? Yeah, the, yeah. Co- the, quality, the, of,
2: the quality of care goes down right. and your, your mortality rates start to go up. Yeah. So that's a big issue that the hospitals... See, that's
0: about. interesting in- info. You know, we want to keep the A-team... You know, we don't want to exceed what the A-team can
2: handle. Because if grandma gets the B-team, she might not be coming home. Right. So. Wow. So wear masks. That's it. I've really changed. I love that you've changed.
0: I really, uh, well, and I I don't think I was ever hardcore. You know, when we had our little discussion in here that was fun, (laughs) I was mostly talking more about it being mandated, how I felt like if you mandate something, it's going to push a large segment of Utah into the, don't tell me what to do. And you're right. Right? You're absolutely right. And so I, I feel like once you mandate something, it, it becomes even more polarizing. And so I kind of liked the heart, you know, I know my wife was a little bothered by the school thing only because she's like, I can't even keep clothes on my kids. <laughs> like how the freak am I going to keep a mask on my six-year-old? But I know there's some flexibility with the, the younger kids, yeah. but I, it it felt more of kind of a genuine plea. Like, you know, we love you guys. We're all in this together. Just wear a mask. You know, and then that information, I almost wish more of that. I hope a lot of people read that article that you mentioned because it does talk about, you know, what was it? A, there's like a 70% chance of somebody spreading it without a mask, you know, but it drops by 40%. If one of the two people that are next to each other. If one of them has coronavirus and one was wearing a mask, it drops by 40%. Now, if they're both wearing a mask, it's only a 1% chance. It goes way down. That it's, it's going to travel. Yeah. And so that's,
2: and, that's I, and I hear all this, wait a minute, the virus is so small. Of course it's going through masks. I'm like, yes, but what you don't realize is that the, the virus is carried on the droplets that come out of our, our right. mouth and the droplets that you can't even see. Right. right. And so the mask keeps those droplets, um, from from going through and and it's and that's it it's it's about viral load how much of the virus is out there the risk in a small space you know small confined space with no distance between people um those types of things being outside is always better than being inside those are the things that that really matter wow well that's interesting shut up brent
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's all yeah you're right it's all about that's what i said growing (laughs) it's all about learning (laughs) and growing okay (laughs) learning and growing so well, I appreciate. I'm sure you're so sick of talking about.
2: No, it's. And, you know, okay. it it's- says
0: a lot about you to have to do the campaigning that you did, and you're the head of all this stuff in the state of Utah. I mean, it falls on you, right? I mean, you you're yeah.
2: I mean, our, you know, our, people say that, and and it sounds great or awful. Um, but it's uh, does sound awful. You're right. <laughs> But but really our job was just to get information to the governor and and the the legislative leadership and they're the ones that actually make the decisions. So right. you know again to governor Herbert h- to his credit he's trying to navigate this there's no um you know we didn't get like hey in a pandemic this is how you handle it you know ni- oh. 1918 was the last time we I was gone through say, this and Spanish flu. It's it's uh it's so I don't
1: think we want to follow any of those guys we, 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 nope. we don't it was rough it was really rough <laughs> absolutely so don't.
2: We're we're proud of the people of the state of Utah. We are concerned about the the growth that we're seeing right now as the governor said in his you know heartfelt plea today so right well it's good to know plus it's the perfect time to battle it
0: and get it knocked down because it's summer yep we got a lot of sunlight long days full of light it's like if we all just put the masks on then football won't be ruined that's i don't that's give it. a crap
1: about baseball
0: <laughs> just football
1: yeah. safe yeah. football. can we can we like make a negotiation like cancel baseball that's like wearing a mask
2: right yeah we'll, well cancel baseball to get anyway. football i i done i'd, I'd make that trade <laughs> Let's a their guy. salaries <laughs> I'd <make that> trade. <laughs> put it no just <laughs> we know what matters well wow. man we
0: really appreciate you thank you so by. much I mean, yeah it, it's so cool to kind of get to know the person and i mean that story about you being a little kid and kind of where that all kind of started yeah, i haven't
2: shared that much like but, that
0: is that is a really, cool, really cool, cool story and i th- we would love to have you back because I know there's... Well, we got to chat to sometime. Yes. ...of other stories. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we got to get Abby in here too. Yeah. The first lady. The, M- mostly the, almost just... almost first lady.
2: Yeah. Get Abby. Your listeners will appreciate her a lot that more than That would be me, so fun. Well,
0: time. I just want to know who your marriage counselor is. Because <laughs> I mean, uh, owning a business is one thing, but owning a business, being a city councilman, <laughs> a county commissioner, a state legislator,
2: lieutenant governor... I, I will say holy crap. The, the, and you went through law school together, right? Yeah, the the hardest time <laughs> was uh when I was the mayor. Um I was uh that was when our daughter was born and uh I was the bishop at, uh, wow. as well. But I only tell you this because because this was the best <laughs> oh part. My God. So, I would uh I would have to turn off somebody's water um because they didn't pay their Bills, and, oh, then, and then interview him. It, well, no, then I would go right out of check to turn their water say, back then on. They came <laughs> and asked for money. <laughs> and, uh, and, oh my and it, We we'd just take care of it and go through. So th- those, she would probably tell you those were the worst times. But we'll have to have her on to uh, oh. to see. But the <laughs> it, it, the the last four months have been as challenging as as anything because. Um, a campaign is is a lot, and, you know, and it's a big deal. And again, we knew what we were getting into, but right. but we didn't know we were getting into a pandemic, and sure. and trying to figure that out. And and like I said, I like to solve problems, but there were times in this where there there was no solution. You couldn't see a way through it. You were either killing people or destroying the economy and no one should ever have to make that choice and uh, and again, Utahns stepped up in such a big way. I just have to give a shout out to the great people of this state. They're going to figure out the mask thing. We're going to figure it out. Right, um, you're right. we're, we we figured out how to not have a stay-at-home order, one of only seven states that didn't have one. We made it through that piece. Uh, Utahns pull together when the chips are down. We, we figured out we love each other, we care about each other. That's why I feel so fortunate to, uh, to, to be the lieutenant governor to be running for governor because, um, people are awesome and I love this place and I know you do too. So Absolutely oh, thank you, you. What a great oh, way God. to end this episode. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was awesome. Thanks guys.